Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? You know, some of you know that my father passed away a few years ago and um, that he came to Christ uh, before he did. Do I hear an amen? amen. And I'm, ex- I'm, exci- I'm always excited about that. And, um, you know, he was a very big uh, a soccer fan. Um, and so, you know, I kind of became a soccer fan as a young kid as well. And so I follow the World Cup quite a bit. And I must say, it is awesome to see Holland, for those who don't know. In the semifinals. What, what you may not know, and this is total soccer trivia, Eric sharing his life, transparency, <laughs> is, you know, in Holland lost last World Cup, and handedly so, Spain was just a better team. And, um, and uh, Holland, the, the first game of the World Cup, or the second game of the World Cup, uh, beat them five to one. So all my family in Holland is writing, Revenge Against Spain, 2010. And well, what most people don't know who don't follow the World Cup is that in 1978, we played against Argentina and lost in the final of the World Cup, which is who we play on Wednesday. So everyone said, Revenge, 1978. And on the other side, Germany's playing Brazil, and Brazil just lost a lot of its champions. So there's a good chance if Holland somehow could win, that they'd play Germany. And so all the Dutch people are writing, Revenge 1974, (laughs) which is the World Cup of 1974 when Holland had 80% possession but yet lost the game um, against, uh, actually a player I got to play against, uh, um, uh, Garrett Mueller. And um, so I'm really enjoying it. Um, anyone else watching the World Cup or yeah. how many? And go USA. I hope they do well in the next game, which will be in a few years. Now, how, how many think the USA got a lot better? Yeah. I, I thought, I thought and, and people thought, well, they kind of got crushed by Belgium a little bit. But turns out Belgium was pretty good, huh? <laughs> you know, Belgium was one of the dark horse uh, favorites to uh, take... Um, they possibly to win uh, because they have a lot of Euro players and it's just uh, fun to watch. Uh, which reminds me, this is our sermon series and I'm really excited about this. I really think this is going to be one of those life transforming series. We've been doing overcoming. You can almost do overcoming for every topic, but wisdom is something that is getting into the mind of God. You know, the Bible says the spirit searches for the deep things of God. And the scriptures reveal that. But it's not just the scriptures. The Holy Spirit lives in us at the same time. And, and he's alive. We're, we, just, we don't want to be those who just have the word of God and read it as if it's a story. But that it's incarnating. That word that we're reading is living and it's an active. It's a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, dividing bone and marrow, like spirit and soul. It's getting to the heart of every matter. And you may not realize it, but every single area in your life, not like a scrutinizing, um, judgmental person scrutinizing your life, someone who's always nitpicking you, not that. But God gets into every deep thing, every recess of your heart, And he weeds out and he pulls out that which is foolish, that which is folly, 
uh, that which brings you destruction. Aren't you glad we serve a faithful God? And he does it with grace and he does it with power. And so let's invite God in and we'll ask him uh, to lead us. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you for your wisdom. Lord, we want that wisdom of the ages, something that lasts forever. Lord, something that has been founded in eternity past and is valid for eternity future. Lord, give us the kind of knowledge that can be applied in our lives. Lord, I pray that even as your word speaks here in Isaiah, Lord, that it would speak life to us. That the Proverbs and, Lord, the Psalms that we're going to be going through that talk about your wisdom, 1 Corinthians, James, Lord, that those scriptures would really manifest in our lives so we can save ourselves so much heartache. Lord, that we can find success, that we won't derail ourselves. Lord, that we won't live like a roller coaster from folly to folly. We want to find your life. We want to find your wisdom. Lord, we we know that Jesus is the wisdom of God. That wisdom cries aloud in the street and says, come. Come to me. Lord, I also know that the foolish folly also cries aloud. It says, simple ones, come here. We don't want to hear that voice. We've we've all been down that voice. And been down that road that that voice calls out from. So draw us close to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say amen? You know, I'm going to tell you a story that my dad shared with me when I was younger. It was about a, a guy who was looking for wisdom. My father's from Indonesia, so he was in an Asian country there. And he just thought, you know, I just need to know what life's about. And so they said, you've got to see the wise man, the old wise man who lived up on a hill. So they went to go see him. He took the long journey way up on top of the mountain, kind of like one of those Batman, you know, looking for the wise guru. And he got there and he found the wise man and just waited a long time for him to speak. And it was just quiet. And he just said, wise man, I need advice. I need guidance. What is life? Explain to me what life is. And the wise man just looked at him and he said, life is an eternal spring. He said, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. What, how do I apply that? What do you mean by that? And he says, you've got to go into the world and, and journey and find out. So he, he left his family and just began on a quest. He went all over Asia to Tibet, you know, all different kinds of remote places and meditated. He spent almost five years trying to discover what is it? What is the secret? He read books and he came back to the wise man. He said, I still do not understand why is life an eternal spring? And he said, you need to venture out. You need to study. You need to commit your whole heart to the study of it. So he spent another five years. He went all over the world. He, he just researched. He put off his social life and just went to the far depths. He went up to Alaska and he went all the way down to the bottom of Africa. And he just spent years there, almost 10 years studying. And and he still, he, he thought at times, he, he kind of got a glimpse of it, but still didn't understand. 
So he finally trekked back to the wise man and he said, I, I just don't understand. I spent a big portion of my life. Why is life an eternal spring? And the old man said to him, well, I could be wrong. (laughs) Aren't you glad you came this morning? (laughs) How many have spent your whole life searching for things and finding out it didn't lead anywhere? You know, and you've been down paths where you think, why did I go down that stupid path? I've had whole projects I've worked on for five years, ten years, and at the end go, well, that was a waste of time. Have you done that? How many have start businesses that went nowhere, right? But, but, but how many gained some knowledge in the meantime? You gained some wisdom, developed some perseverance, added some character. Thank God that he uses every single thing that we are. Everything that we encounter, he uses it for his benefit. Now, I'm going to walk through this scripture here in Proverbs, but I want to talk about the voices that we have in our head, where we get our wisdom, because there's a lot of places that even Christians, but the world also turns to. They, they turn to the internet. All you have to do is search a category, and people will just type something in, and they'll learn about it. I'm always amazed when people go through medical conditions, because it's amazing how in 15 minutes they know more than the surgeon. Have you ever noticed that? It's like they're studying something and they go, well, yeah, the, the surgeon spent you know, 20 years studying everything about it. And, and, and I'll, someone will spend like just a couple weeks or a couple hours and they go, oh, I know everything about it. I remember just one of my kids was sick and, and, and I've had, you know, just visiting people and hanging with people as they're going through tough times. And I'll go on the internet and search things and I'll start questioning the doctor. Well, did you hear about that study in Michigan? Yeah, I heard about it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but do you know that the, 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 when the cell of this thing goes in here? Yeah, yeah, we studied that for nine months. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of like we, we get our information from the internet. There's nothing wrong with that. How many enjoy the knowledge just being out there? Isn't it great? Imagine what we did 20 years ago when you needed something. You know, you had to find some encyclopedia or, you know, you know, <laughs> or as Louis Anderson, the comedian, he said, his dad said, he goes, when in, in our day, you had to find a smart person and follow them around. <laughs> and Louis said, so you never found anyone, huh, dad? but we have our society you know we have our voice in our head giving us wisdom sometimes it's guided by fears or past mistakes or you know we have things that we're guarded against you know we have the demonic spiritual world that can give advice that can move society the book of revelation calls it a beast that the beast moves the political machine moves the media machine moves And it gives advice to the world and it directs the affairs of the world. And then in the midst of all that is God's still small voice. It's God's wisdom that brings us real life. And 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 God many, many times will say, if you'll just listen to what I have to say, if you'll just come, if you'll just listen, if you'll take my invitation, you know, let wisdom cry out. And it says, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. 
On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long when you, will you who are simple? It's an, another word for, you know, folly or stupid. Love your simple ways. How long will mockers delight in mockery? And he's talking about a mockery of God's ways. And fools hate knowledge. It says, repent at my rebuke. Then I'll pour out my thoughts to you. How many would like to know God's thoughts? You know, and the Bible says that through the cross we're redeemed. He pays for our sins. Do I hear amen? Amen. Our sins are paid for. And the spirit now is free to dwell in us. I talk about this all the time. And the spirit who's in us is the mind of God, is the heart of God, is the person of God in us. And the Bible says that this spirit searches out the deep things of God. And that through him, we can understand. Now, we don't want to just be sitting there meditating, trying to figure it out. His word with the spirit in us works in conjunction that we can understand who God is. And people who don't use God's word go off deep ends, right? And they come up with crazy doctrine. You know, I think, I think God told me this. I think God told me that. Yeah, but the scripture says that. I know, but God told me. Really? God's not going to contradict his word. His word is truth. And it has to be contextualized, his word. It can't just be random sentences that you pull out and create great meaning. It's what they call eisegesis. You know, where you isolate one scripture and just make it mean what you want it to mean. It has to be derived from the context of the word. It's exegesis where it comes out of the meaning. You know, I, I, I have a young group of uh, uh, leaders and pastors that I work with all during the month. And one of the things I tell them when I have them share scripture and what it means. And sometimes they'll have, a, they're, not, they're not understanding the context of it. And I'll say, so what does that mean? And they'll share it. And I said, is that coming? Is that what the text is saying? Is that what the scripture's saying? Or is that what you're saying? And here's a scripture you found to say it. That's not what we want to do. How many say amen? amen. And, and God's word has wisdom for us. And it's not just a rule book like other religions have, where they just have this book that we somehow live according to its conduct. In other words, the world sees the Bible as a book of conduct. Like as if we read it and we go, these, we just show them the Bible and go, these are the creeds that we do. Oh, and there's your religion. Here are the creeds that you do. Really? You just took the creeds and started doing them? When did you do that? Because I believe if we followed a video of you, I'd find you struggling the whole way. That you needed God to help you fulfill the things in that book. How many say amen? Amen. And it's almost natural to understand that you will not do it. That's why Paul says, why do I see the things I want to do, but I don't do it? And he says, because it's sin living in me. It's like when I'm talking to parents and they go, my kid's not behaving. I don't understand why. Because you haven't read your Bible. When does it say that kids wake up with halos on their head? Where, oh, I went to the hospital and, 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 and he had a halo but he was crying but it was a holy cry he's just reaching out to us he said no to me today he's expressing himself no he's a stinking rebel <laughs> he wants to control himself in his own universe 
No, he's just expressing his leadership. He's going to run a big business one day. All right. You need to read the Proverbs for about 10 years. You know, just to kind of get it into your, because you're not doing your kid any favor, right? And it's not that we can't appreciate our kids and love them. We have to. But we also have to have them understand that according to, to walk in the power of this book, it's not just a book and it's not a set of creeds. It's what the Spirit is leading us to, to be like Christ. Think of those words, love, to be in joy, to be in peace, to have patience, to have kindness, to have goodness, to have faithfulness, to have gentleness, to have self-control. These are the things that the Lord is leading us toward. Those are just fruits. They're not actions. The acts of the sinful nature are something else. That's what we do. That's what we need deliverance from. How many say amen? Amen. And so here it says, okay, uh, uh, repent at my rebuke, then I'll pour out my thoughts among you. Now, let's look at it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with wisdom. Lord, help us to understand it. That's what I really want us to get to see today. What's its desire? So, Lord, I pray that you'd make that scripture that personifies Christ as the coming Lord and as wisdom crying out aloud in Isaiah. Fill us, Lord, with your wisdom. In Jesus' name. How many want that? Come on. How many want to grow in wisdom? How many feel, honestly, you got a long way to go? Okay. How many know someone else that has a lot longer way to go than you do? Just, just point at them. Just say, it's you. You need it. Okay. I'm just kidding. Number one, wisdom invites us. It, it invites us. Isaiah 55.1 says it this way. It says, is anyone thirsty? Right? Is anyone thirsty? Is anyone who wants something to drink? Come, come get something to drink. It's a, that word hoy. It's a, alas, so just come. It's a, it's a begging of, of invitation. Come to the waters. You know, imagine, I'm going to close with this scripture, but imagine a big waterway like a river and, and being a plant that's near it. And the roots are able to tap into that river that that tree can grow for years and years and years and never have problems with prosperity. It's always fruitful because it's near a killer river, one that always gets rain. And the rain comes down and it saturates the mountain and the water comes down and the roots are deep rooted and they always get nutrition. They always get the sunlight. And they're always healthy, and they're always producing fruit, and it gets big, so people can can be under its shade, and they can climb on it. This is the heart of God for you. This is the wisdom that flows from the throne of God. Love flows from the throne of God. You know, wisdom flows from the throne of God. We don't have to jump in it or try to get to it. In Ezekiel 48, he's trying to get through it, And, and God's just like saying, stop, it's too much. It's coming your way. Let the wisdom from God come out. It's crying out to you. It's inviting you in. It's saying, listen to me. Come to the waters. Can everyone say, and drink? And drink. There's something about it. There's something about taking that water and, and taking it in and getting its nutrition. You know, if you don't drink water, your muscles don't work right. You know that? 
because your muscles need water. Your whole system needs water. So I, I think there's a lot of people that are just dehydrating because they don't have enough water. And I love this. It says you can come without cost. In, in this NLT, it says even if you have no money, like you don't have to pay for it. You can't afford wisdom. Right now, maybe if you wanted to go to Harvard or some school that you thought had a lot of wisdom, you would go there and go, man, I'm graduated from Harvard, but you don't have the money. Wisdom is saying you don't need it. Even if you don't have it. You got no money. You got no cash. Don't worry about it. And I love this. Come. You, gotta, you can buy wine and milk without money. And I, and I love those. The milk, it's like a, it's the nutrition. You know, it's, it, it's wine. It's like you can enjoy yourself as well. It's like there's, there's the, the fun side of life. He's going to make this super clear in, in, a, in a few verses here. He's going to, the, the fun part of life I'm going to give you and, and the provision I'm going to give you. How many want to live that kind of life? This is the promise of God. This is not prosperity preaching. I mean, yes, it is, but not in the sense of that it's without trials or without growth or without learning or without a war between flesh and spirit. And it's not your flesh that's going to start cooperating with your spirit. How many know your flesh is never going to improve? You think one day your flesh is going to go, you know what? I do want God. How many know that's not true? I've been walking with God for so long and my flesh still says, he should do that. And I'm like, now God in my mind is like, yeah, but I'm, in, I'm more in control than it is. Right? I'm going to rule. Come buy wine and milk without money. Even if you have no money. Without money. Without cost. It's all free. How many say amen? amen. Are you thirsty? Do you want to eat something? Do you want to be planted by the river? Do you want roots that go deep? So you're not, you know, a mile wide and two inches deep, which is most people's root system. But you, but you got a deep life that when the hard weather comes in, the, the tree stands. It'll last for a long time. All right. Isaiah 55, 2 continues. Why spend your money on food that does not satisfy? You know, it doesn't give you strength if you have the NIV version. Why, why get food? You know, when, when all I used to eat is garbage food, Jody would tell me, she goes, you know, there's no nutrition in that at all. I go, come on, it's a McDonald's hamburger. Of course it's got nutrition. She goes, there's nothing in the bread. There's nothing in the meat. I go, it's got lettuce on it. I, I remember pulling the lettuce out. It's like about this big. <laughs> it, it looked like it had, had a chemical on it to make it look green. You know, that it was something else. It's kind of like there's nothing there. And it's kind of like, and all of a sudden she's like, why don't you eat more vegetables? And like you put broccoli, you put cauliflower. And first you're like, oh my gosh, this is awful. <laughs> who likes to eat this stuff? And I have friends who blend their stuff with water just so they can drink it down. But I just thought, you know what? I want to learn how to eat broccoli and cauliflower and carrots. And okay, there's, I still won't eat asparagus. But there are other things. And I know, and I love it. People go, asparagus makes it. And I go, no, everyone has a sin nature. That's yours. <laughs> but once you get used to green and vegetables and the stuff that God makes, does, don't you feel better? How many feel better when you eat better? Amen. Right? You get that, you know, you, you start with the apple. You start with the fruit. You start with something because it's not just the vitamins. You can't just take a pill and replace it because when you eat those, you also get grains and fibers, don't you? 
There's other stuff that God put in there that's more. And that's why, you know, when older people, when they, when people start getting older, they really start to eat healthy because they know if I don't eat like this, I'm going to die. Right? Old people, do I hear amen? Okay, they all said amen. <laughs> why pay for food that does you no good? I mean, God's giving you this example. You're going to spend money. Think about the harsh climate they're living in. They don't have a Walmart. They are fighting for every bit of food out here. And, and he's going, why would you buy money? Would you pay for food that doesn't help you? You know, you know would you get water that doesn't, you can't really drink? You know, it's like, why pay for food that does you no good? Why ingest things that don't help you? They're to no benefit. And, and especially when you're feeding your wisdom side and your counsel. And it's amazing the things I hear from people of what they're going to do and why they're going to do it and how they think it's God that they're doing it. And, and, and I, I think there's no scripture here. You didn't even consult the scripture. How long have you been at our church? You know, I know people don't carry their hard copy Bibles too much anymore because we're in a modern, and I don't, modern age, and I don't either. I carry it on my iPad. I have it on my iPhone. And it's kind of like, when I want to do something and I'm going to accomplish something or God wants me to, you know, uh, think about something, the scripture has to be the first thing that I consult. Amen? And, And I know that can sound religious, but I'm telling you, as you get to know the scriptures, and many of you are there, you'll just know what scripture answers it. You go, it's this scripture that's guiding me. But people will go, yeah, but Cosmopolitan tells me that I need to love my husband in this special way. Now, you know, yeah, but, you know, I heard from a friend. I asked him what he thought. And I go, go ahead, tell me what it is. And he said, wink, 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 Well, when you're done trying that and that doesn't work because it won't work, and you finally decide that you want to follow God in his ways, then let's get you on a reading plan. One of the number one things we do in base camp is get people to have devotions. Just start reading the word. And some people right after they get out of base camp stop reading the word. I, honestly, I don't know how you can make it. Because I, 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 can't, I can't go a day without reading the word and having the word in myself. How many say amen to that? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. It's like it's going to be the best stuff. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Listen. Come. I invite you. Listen, how many want to come to the wisdom? How many want to come to the wisdom of God? Okay? Hopefully you do. Wisdom grants for forgiveness. Watch how he continues. And he says, now watch. I I want you to seek it. I want you to find him. God is our wisdom. And, and I want you to, to, to have an open mind and an open ear and an open heart to listen to what he says. And, he, and you're going to get the finest food. You're not going to eat garbage. It doesn't help you. Everything's going to be nutritious. It's going to be applied personally with the milk and your daily provision and with the wine that you're going to enjoy life as well. And he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. In other words, God makes himself available to you. To to the children of Israel, there were moments that that happened. Times of revelation. We're in an era now where God's available to us through Christ. 
Call on him while he's near. You know, God gives you these opportunities right now. Seek me. Oh, man, our relationship, I can't make it work. Ugh. Just get angry. Or, oh, well, I'm just going to hold this grudge. How dare they? Turn to yourself. Turn to your methods. Or you can turn to the wisdom of God. I can't get the homework done. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to get this job. I don't know how to get this next client. I don't know how to close the sale. I don't know what to do next. Why not turn to the counsel of God? Why not turn to the scripture? It's, it's profitable for correcting you, for, for training you. It'll train you and make you stronger. You know, it'll exhort you. It'll challenge you. It'll inspire you. It's infallible. You can count on it. Call on him while he is near. And then he says, let the wicked, by the way, he's talking to us, forsake their ways. Go against your own ways and trust God by faith. And the unrighteous, their thoughts. Forsake your thoughts, your thinking. This is how I was thinking about it, but now I'm going to turn to the Lord. I've been in business brainstorm meetings where we have ideas. Let's try this, maybe this, maybe that. All right. And I can see the group's about to go, all right, let's do that one. And I'm like, no. No, let's consult the Lord. How many say amen? Let's consult the Lord right here. We, the brain session was good. Brainstorm session was good. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we thought about it. I'm glad everyone did their research. God's pleased. Now let's turn to God. He's got to direct our steps. Many are the plans of man, but it's the Lord that directs the steps. His plans always have victory. They always prosper. Amen? Let them turn to the Lord, and he'll have mercy on them. And I love this because we always need mercy, don't we? How many need mercy from something you did this week? Come on. Get real high. If this is if you need a little mercy, how many need a lot of mercy? Okay. Now, turn to the Lord. He'll have mercy on you. He will freely pardon. Can everyone say without cost? Turn to someone and say it's free. It's free. The pardon's free. The wisdom's free. The invitation's free. The life of wine and milk in providence is free. All right. For my thoughts, says the Lord, verse 8, are not your thoughts. Most people have heard this scripture before. My thoughts, the way that I think, the Lord says, is not how you think. Neither are your ways, the way that you do things, are not my ways. The way I think, it's not the same. The way that I do it, it's not the same. We're not talking about cookie cutter. We're talking about spiritual, eternal dynamics of living. As the heavens are higher than the earth. And he's talking specifically here, not about the, the heavens like the heavenly heavens. He's talking about as high. Look up. It's kind of like, look up. See how high they are from the earth? My ways are higher than yours in that same way. My, my, my thinking and my ways are that much better. They're, they're that much above. Do you believe that? Or do you believe that your wisdom is just kind of right there? Because I, I, I think it's hilarious when people go, look at that guy, he's stupid. It's like, yeah? Like, here's God, here's that stupid idiot, and here's you. You know, how, how smart do you think you are? You think some MIT graduate's going to come up there and go, look what I figured out with math. And God's going to go, let me show you everything about math. Boom! 
Yeah, you're an idiot too. Relative, it's not that God's insulting you. It's like maybe it's okay to show a little humility. Amen? All right. So, like we said, wisdom, not only does it grant forgiveness, but it accomplishes. Number two, here he says, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and they stay in the ground. So remember, he says, look it up. How my ways and your ways, look at the distance. That's how much distance there are. Light years of distance. They didn't understand what light years were at that time, but light years of difference just from what we see. And if he is talking about the heavens, he's not because of the context here shows he's not. He's saying the rain and snow come down from the heavens. So we know that doesn't come from a transcendent place. It's coming from condensation within the clouds. You got it coming down. And it's coming down, and it stays on the ground. Why? He's going to give an analogy here. Because it's going to water the earth. The water comes down. You see the weather. It comes down. It goes into the ground, and it says, and then the grain starts to grow. In another scripture, God says, you know, some water, some plant seeds, but God is the one who causes things to grow. He says, the water comes down. And in California right now, we went to a conference there a couple weeks ago. Jody and I did. And, you know, I can't remember what we were doing with the water. And they go, hey, take it easy with the water. And they go, why? And they go, there's a drought. And I go, oh, okay. Like, I'm not thinking about the drought. But California, Arizona, some of these places are wondering how much water needs to come so that city can live. If the water stops, what happens? You know, if, you, if, you, if you're worried about the stock price, you're worried about your car not running, if it just stops raining, we're toast. Did you know that? We are toast. Famines, the Bible talks about. There are whole nations that have had been wiped out by famines over a period of time. God sent Joseph ahead of them just so that the children of Israel wouldn't be wiped out. Do you think God might use us in crazy, amazing ways as the life of the church? I bet he, I bet he will. And he says, the grain grows and it produces seed for the farmer and then eventually becomes bread for the hunger. Now he's going to give it a, a, an analogy here. Wisdom, can everyone just say, accomplishes. Here's what he says. Now next, the next slide here, he says this. It is the same way with my word. The word, my wisdom in my word, watch what it does. He says, I send it out. You know, you read it and it enters into you. I send it out. And look what he says, it always accomplishes, it always produces fruit. I can't tell you how incredible that is. Even when you're having the worst day, God says, read my word and watch what I will do. Listen, it will produce fruit. And watch, it's not just going to accomplish what you think it's going to. Like you go, I need a little bit of encouragement, I'm going to read this. No, God says, it's going to accomplish everything I want it to. Remember, my ways are here, your ways are here. My thoughts are up here, I, and your thoughts are down here. I'm going to let it accomplish what my thoughts and my ways, the God of the ancient wisdom, the wisdom of the ages, I, if you'll let it go into you, I'll send it out, and it'll become something of life. It always produces fruit. What are the fruits? It'll produce love. It'll produce joy. It'll produce goodness in you. 
I have to do devotions? Yeah, it's time for family devotions. Everybody get your Bible out. Okay, let's begin reading. Shouldn't it be, we are going to get grow. Who wants to grow tonight after dinner? Who wants to grow in the morning? Man, I just want to get that. Did I say something wrong or someone else did? Ushers? Just kidding. Can everyone just say, it will accomplish? It will accomplish. Not what I want, say it. But what God wants. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. He says it in the NIV version of it. It says, when I act, who can reverse what I do? Nobody. If God is for me, who could possibly be against me? And, and I know, people, people live in doubt. They just, they're doubting God. I don't think so. I don't think so. And then they, the, the Bible says that double-minded person shouldn't think that they'll get anything from God. And they don't. You ask them. You think God's going to come through? No, he's not going to come through. He's not. Why is he not? He's just not, not going to come through. Exactly. You're right. Because that man should not expect. We should not be double-minded. We need to trust God and not turn back. Amen? Okay. Everywhere will I send it. All right. I gain understanding from your precepts, Lord. And this is a scripture, but I, most people just know Psalm 105. I wanted to get 104 in there too. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. And this isn't, if you think that this is just birthed virtue, you're incorrect about David and the sons of Korah. There's trials there. You know why you hate every path? Because you've been on every path. <laughs> you go, man, I hate that path. You have those paths in your life where you go, oh, I went down that stupid path again. Gosh, I can't, I can't believe I did that. And then, and then you're just trying to go the right path, and then you just see this path show up, and you're going, I, I hate that path. This is him. And then he says, but you know what? Your word it's a lamp. It's a light. It shines in the right direction. It, 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 in, the, in, the, in the midst of darkness, all of a sudden a light shines. It's just like when Christ comes. You know, uh, he is a light in the darkness. The wisdom comes and everything's dark around. There's no clarity. And then God brings a light. And it's not just the word of like knowledge, it's wisdom. It's knowledge, but it also flames in the right direction. It shows you how to apply itself. And it goes that way. That's the way I need to go. It's a lamp for my feet. The feet so I can move. It's a light on my path so I can have confidence. Confidence in how I walk. It's not just short. How many like wisdom? It accomplishes. It really does. Number four, wisdom brings blessings. It does. It's a blessing in every way. Watch, look at this resolve. Look at him. Watch how he concludes this in Isaiah 55. And, and remember, he's already in Isaiah 53 basically said, I'm making an everlasting covenant with you. And it wasn't just with Israel then. The everlasting covenant was a promise to the descendant of David, who is Christ right? The son of Jesse, the son of David, and it moves all the way down, the son of Mary, 
Jesus Christ. Isaiah 55, 12 says, this is what it's like. This is what living and drinking, coming to the waters and drinking without cost, and it's totally free, and anyone can come. He says, listen, you will go out in joy. This is the promise. You'll be led forth in peace. Oh, that can't happen. You got to have troubles. No. God wants us to live in his peace, in his joy. He says, the mountains and hills will burst into song before you. This is prophetic about Christ, and it's prophetic about us in Christ. Imagine that he's saying, I'll adjust life and nature, and even nature, the way you live, the environment. You won't just need a, a, you know, the Duray headphones bursting into your ears so that you can feel good about life. I will make the mountains and the hills burst into song before you. How many say amen? This is what a life of wisdom looks like. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. You'll hear the sound of nature. And it's corresponding to you because it's under my provision. This is the great promise of God. Amen? How many want the wisdom of the ages? This is such an incredible gift. God gift wraps it to you and hands it to you on your iPad or your Windows machine. Some of you will suffer more. Instead of the thorn bush, we'll grow the juniper. Instead of briars, instead of some of you might have nettles. It's like a a thorny, free-flowing, can be faded by the sun. Instead of that, myrtles will grow. Myrtles are plants that are just intertwined very deeply. They're combined at their roots. They're always green. They, they grow slowly. They have an incredible root system. You can cut them down to the ground and they'll just come right back up. Fertile myrtle. Right? That's what it is. And, and that's what God has for us. He says, instead of the briars, the myrtles will grow. And you can count on it. The, the, the nature around you is going to burst into song. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. These will declare his glory. They'll be an everlasting sign of his power and love. He's talking about Christ to them. And Isaiah's telling, this is what God's saying. And Isaiah saw the, the Messiah. He's the one, the child will be born, you know, the son, the government will be on his shoulder. He will be called Everlasting Father, right? He will be Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Mighty God. And yet we look back and say, ah, Lord, these are the promises that you made for us. Amen? Proverbs 9 summarizes it right here. And this is what I'm going to close with. We've got plenty of time to close. And how many thank God I'm early today? It is a miracle. It's the wisdom of the ages. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Proverbs 1, 6 or 7, I can't remember which one it is. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools hate wisdom. They despise it. And they hate learning. Because they know everything already. You know, it says, when you see a fool, don't answer him according to his folly or he'll, be, he'll think he's smart in his own eyes. 
The next line says, you see a fool wise in his own eyes? Answer him so he doesn't think he's wise in his own eyes. <laughs> right? It gives you two anecdotes. Sometimes you just got to tell the fool. You got to ignore him. Sometimes you got to just tell the fool. You just need to be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. It's okay to say that. Do you know that? It's okay sometimes to confront the fool. Sometimes it happens in our own marriages. Right, Jody? <laughs> Trust me, I'm the fool 90% of the time. This just happens to be that 10%. Just totally kidding. <laughs> How many know Jody's a lot wiser than me? Well, the rest of you don't know us then. <laughs> All right. Let's, why don't we close our eyes, and we're gonna, I'm going to read a scripture to you, and I just want you to listen to it. And then Jody's going to come up and close here. This is in that same era, time era, that I've been quoting. Just listen. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. And have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank. With roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. Or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. And they never stop producing fruit. Let's give a response right now in your own heart that says, Lord, I want to drink from your spirit and your word. You know, the word's been a, like a, maybe a little byline, something that you kind of, you know, it's not the big gulp you drink. It's been just kind of a little sip in the morning. Or something that maybe even in your heart has been more of a nuisance. Oh, that's right. I got to do it. It's been a works to you. I got to do this because I got to earn points with God. I'm telling you that he wants to bless you with it. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your kids. He wants to give you a legacy that'll blow your mind. This is the heart of God. He is pure in all his ways. Simple ones. Wisdom cries aloud, come forth. Come forth and hear it. If that's you, do you hear that? Do you hear that voice? Will you joyfully, just like Chase said, God doesn't want a giver who gives because, oh, I have to give. That's right, I give to the church. Blah, 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 blah. Not that. God says, I love a giver. He just gives because he knows it's good. He knows it'll bless his family. He knows it'll bless his grandkids. He knows it'll bless his generation when he's gone. It's the same thing with wisdom. You want to make that proclamation that says, I want to of the word I want to drink deep not because I'm going to get saved because Christ saved me already so that I can drink and it says those who believe streams of living water will flow from them it'll rush out of them because it's rushing in them so 